Welcome to Our World, the podcast that focuses on the issues that affect how we live, celebrate and debate on this unique planet on which we live. The topic for this series is technology, a friend or foe. Last time out we looked at how technology has changed the way we create and consume music. Today we turn our attention to sport. I'm David Proudfoot and this is Our World, Technology and Sport. The first major advance for technology being used in sport was initially for TV purposes. The Sony-owned Hawkeye system, developed in the UK, was used to simulate or predict whether a cricket ball was going to hit the wickets or not. Often a batter will use their leg pad to block the ball, however if the umpire judges that they stop the ball from hitting the stumps, then they get called out for LBW or leg before wicket. This new video system allowed viewers to see the potential outcome, but controversially not the umpires. It wasn't until 2006 that it was actually fully implemented to aid the umpires, however not in cricket, but in tennis. Players were given a limited number of challenges to determine whether the line judge had correctly called it in or out. The system, which uses six cameras, was reportedly accurate to 3.6mm, making it very reliable. Umpires in cricket could eventually use the technology to aid their decision making in 2008 and as its use has evolved over the years, it's now widely regarded as an integral part of these sports, albeit only at the highest level. This podcast will mainly focus on the newest addition of technology to the world's most popular sport, football. Then Jeff Hurst, cool and collected, had the ball in the net. No, it bounced out. Goal claimed England. No goal protested the Germans. The referee consulted the linesman, who'd been in line with the posts, and goal it was. Maradona just walked away from Hoddle then. They're appealing for offside. The ball came back off the foot of Steve Hodge, and Maradona gives Argentina the lead. These are probably best known as the most controversial World Cup goals. The first was Jeff Hurst, giving England the lead over Germany in the 1966 World Cup final at Wembley. To this day, we still don't know if it crossed the line or not. The last goal has been labelled the Hand of God goal by Diego Maradona in 1986. The commentary at the time focuses on offside, but replays clearly show that Maradona punched the ball with his hand into the net. Both of these goals, if scored in the modern game, would have come under scrutiny of the video assistant referee shot into VAR or VAR. Video replays is not new in sport. Although it's not using bespoke technology like the previously mentioned Hawkeye, it reviews decisions using video and this has taken place since the year 2000 in sports such as rugby, basketball, American football, ice hockey and baseball. Although these sports, to a varying degree, are more stop-start than football, thus potentially better suited to breaks for video reviews, it has taken the world's game a long time to catch up on the use of this technology. Here are the thoughts of Mark Donaldson, a fan of football and a qualified referee, during the half-time of a match at Dens Park in Dundee. In rugby and tennis, I don't think the rules are as complicated or as open to interpretation as they are in football. You could show three different people involved in football and incident and they've all got different opinions on it. Whereas in tennis, the technology is used for ball in, ball out, easy. Goal line technology is perfect for that. Whereas VAR, it's too open to a different interpretation from whoever's reviewing it. Even within the refereeing fraternity, they have their laws of the game that they follow. 
but depending on experience and just the person, they may interpret the rules differently. And the on-field referee who is in charge of the game is then getting overruled by someone on VAR who maybe just has a different opinion and it's making the on-field one look silly when the decision's overturned. Goal line technology, though, was introduced in 2012, definitively telling the referee if the ball has crossed the line for a goal or not. But the seismic change was at the 2018 World Cup, when off-pitch referees were able to analyse big decisions or game-changing decisions such as penalties, handballs and fouls in the lead-up to goals. The addition of a pitch-side monitor was an extra redundancy built in for the on-pitch referee to use. Here is data guru Louise with some interesting statistics about VAR's introduction to the English Premier League and more recently the Scottish Premiership. When the pitch-side monitor was introduced in the English Premier League in 2020, it caused a spike to 124 penalties that season, from the average of 79. This number reduced to 103 the following season as officials adjusted to the technology. In Scotland, with its introduction this year, the initial numbers are startling. Before VAR, there was one penalty every 3.7 matches. Since it was introduced, that has risen to one in every 1.5 matches, an extraordinary two penalties every three games. These are indeed inordinate numbers, with many of the penalties being given for quite dubious handball decisions. At the time of recording, the World Cup is 12 games old and there's been eight penalties already, which is the same ratio as the Scottish Premiership. Broadcasting live. As ever, we have a panel of expert guests keen to put their opinion on VAR's impact this year in Scotland and, of course, the system in general. In the studio, I have former Aberdeen and Middlesbrough midfielder Josh Walker. Hi, David. Nice to see you again, Josh. And, of course, Josh is known to locals in Edinburgh because he captained Edinburgh City towards the latter part of his career before retiring through injury. On the line from their training ground is Dunfermline's current club captain, Kyle Benedictus, and reaching us all the way from Nantes in the west of France is former Inverness, Wraith Rovers and St Johnson striker Gregory Taddy. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me. Josh, I'll start with you if that's okay. Can you just give me your general thoughts on VAR so far? My personal opinion on VAR, I think it's a good mechanism. I just think that the people in charge of it aren't the best. So like when you see decisions that are being given and you can see them going to VAR, the decisions that then come back with on a match day are just incredible. Like just for instance, I'm just going off the last ones I've seen, which was England the other day. And Harry Maguire and Eric Dyer get completely wrestled to the ground. Everyone, I think, within the stadium, anyone who was watching the match would have said that there's two penalties there, never mind one, and they don't give it. And then it goes to the last minute of the game and the penalty they've given for Iran is a lot less grappling in the box and, and they've give it. You know, So for me, I, th- I think VAR is a good system and a good mechanism to have within sport. But I do think it's the, the, the people with on, within the match day systems that, that are wrong, you know? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. The, the England situation was definitely a penalty and that's coming from a Scotland fan. I'd also say that I think the Aram one was a bit of a sympathy penalty towards the end of the game with him getting beat so heavily. But it's the inconsistencies, isn't it, that, that's, that's kind of blighted VAR so far. Kyle, what are your thoughts? Well, I think it's a good thing for the game in terms of making the right decisions. Um, I know it's hard for referees sometimes. Some decisions that need to be made 
so it gives them it helps them out a lot. Also, at the end of the day, the right decision is the right outcome. Um, with VAR, it can help that. Sometimes the decisions that go for teams and go against teams, and with VAR, especially if it's a, if it's a penalty or an offside, it can obviously come to the right conclusion. Yeah, that's fairly positive, Kyle. I mean, obviously you're playing League One with Dunfermline just now, a bit of a sleeping giant, so you're not really involved in it, but I think that's a pretty good assessment that we want these decisions to be correct. I think maybe the issue is the amount of time that it's taken for, for these decisions to come through. Hopefully with the, the newer technology and the more it's used, that the whole process will just become more efficient. Tads, all the way from France, can you tell us what you think about VAR? I think, to be honest, VAR could... could could be good but overall i think i'm i'm having problem with it because that just take the 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 human factor off the, the 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 beautiful thing about football is we can talk about it we can we can have controversies you know if the referee didn't blow the whistle if he was offside if he was not offside uh, all those things if it was a straight yellow or straight red or this was human error. You had to take into consideration human error. That that that's that what makes the, 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 the game flow and it was beautiful because you had loads of things to talk about when you were at work. Yeah, that's interesting, Gregory, because you're kind of talking about from the entertainment or the fans' perspective there. Now I know that we listened to the clips from the sixty six World Cup and the Maradona Hand of God goal. Are there any other decisions that stand out for you from the past that would have benefited maybe from, from VAR? I don't know if you remember, Frank Lampard scored a goal against uh, uh, Germany, I think, and it was not allowed. And that changed the dynamic and they lost and they got put out of the, of the World Cup. That was years ago. And that's the controversies, right? You know, if the VAR would have been there, it would have been great for, for, for England and Frank Lampard because that would have changed everything. Thanks, Gregory. Josh, I'm just going to end on you. Obviously, you were quite negative about the way VAR has been implemented. What would you do to improve it? I do think it's the, the, the people with on, within the match day systems that, that are wrong, you know. I think for me personally, it should be ex-footballers, ex-players, people who know the game. Thanks, Josh. And indeed to you all for joining me today to give a player's insight into how VAR is working in the modern game. And best of luck in all your future endeavours, guys. As we come to the end of this edition of the podcast, we can reflect on a developing system in football which is clearly taking time to fully bed in. I don't think anybody expected it to be perfect from the word go, however fans and clearly players are keen to see it refined for the better. I suppose only time will tell, and we may have to revisit this subject in a future podcast. But for now, you've been listening to Our World, technology and sport, a friend or foe. Undecided, I think. Thanks for listening and join us next time for Our World, The Devils in the Data.